Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. And welcome to another all-new edition, a Tuesday, August 11th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Coming up in just a minute or two, you'll hear from the Flyers general manager, Chuck Fletcher, on a number of things, including Oscar Lindblom, including how life is in the bubble for the general manager, how Chuck sees this matchup against the Montreal Canadiens, and much more. So that is coming up momentarily. Quickly, an update on Jake Voracek. Aline Vigneault said he would likely be a game-time decision coming up on Wednesday. And also good news coming out of the NHL League office, putting out this statement, quote, the NHL has completed its second week of Phase 4 return to play, testing with no positive test results for COVID-19 among the 7,245 tests administered. Testing was administered on a daily basis to all members of the club's 52-member traveling parties, including players, during the period of August 2nd through August 8th. The NHL will continue to provide regular updates on COVID-19 testing results. The league will not be providing information on the identity of any individuals or clubs. Now, two weeks of testing, over 7,000 tests each week, over 14,000 total tests, and zero positive results. The NHL bubble and hub cities of both Toronto and Edmonton have worked perfectly thus far. Great news once again, which allows us to concentrate what happens on the ice. And the Flyers will be back on the ice to begin round number one, the actual field of 16 round as the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. And they will face the Montreal Canadiens and the excellent goaltending of Carey Price. And while we wait for the Flyers to start tomorrow night at 8 o'clock against the Washington Capitals, well, the league will begin its round of 16 playoffs, the actual playoffs, coming up this afternoon, 3 o'clock. The Columbus Blue Jackets, a rematch of the four-game sweep where they took out the number one seeded Tampa Bay Lightning last year. 3 o'clock, puck drop in that one at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto. Then we head off to Rogers Place for a 5.30 puck drop where the Dallas Stars will host the Calgary Flames, 8 o'clock. Can the Boston Bruins get their legs under them? They were the best team in the NHL in the regular season, and they're taking on a Carolina team that swept the New York Rangers in three games in the play-in round. That game at 8 o'clock. And the Chicago Blackhawks, who upset the number 5 seed Edmonton Oilers, are going to be taking on the number 1 seed in the West. That would be the Las Vegas Golden Knights at 10.30. So the dearth of hockey continues. Isn't it great? all while we wait for the Flyers to take on the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. And tomorrow the matchups beginning at 3 once again. The Islanders will take on the Washington Capitals at 3 o'clock. Arizona will take on Colorado and Edmonton at 5.30. The Flyers in Montreal at 8. And then the late night game, the Vancouver Canucks will take on the Cup champion St. Louis Blues at 10.30. Well, of course, the eight teams that got knocked out in the play-in round, best of five series, including... Uh, The Pittsburgh Penguins, Nashville Predators, Toronto Maple Leafs, Florida Panthers, Edmonton Oilers, Winnipeg Jets, Minnesota Wild, and New York Rangers were all in the NHL lottery for the top overall pick. If you go back when they originally did the lottery, the number one place was determined to be a placeholder. So each of those eight teams had a 12.5% chance to have the number one selection coming up in this year's draft. And when they did the actual lottery once again, it is the New York Rangers who get lottery love and lottery luck, and they land the number one overall pick, presumably Alex Lafreniere, who will join a team with the likes of Capo Caco, the number two overall pick last year, and Artemi Panarin as well. A lot of wingers on that Ranger team, by the way. And just a little bit of a public service announcement here real quick, too. I know a lot of people on social media are outraged that the Rangers got the pick, and 
you know, people want to call fixed. They would have said that had the Rangers, the Penguins, the Oilers, any of those teams got the number one overall pick. It was the Rangers. Don't worry about the Rangers getting the number one overall pick right now. You have a Flyers team that is not only built for right now to go on a big-time run, but also a team that is built to be good for many years to come. Don't focus on the fact that the Rangers got a little lucky in the lottery. Focus on the fact that the Flyers have a chance to do some damage in these playoffs and possibly win the Stanley Cup. That's what I'm focused on. Just my little public service announcement there for you. One other note before we get to uh, Flyers general manager Chuck Fletcher. Odds to win the Stanley Cup are now out for the field of 16 as well. And we'll go in reverse order. The Arizona Coyotes are at 40-1 to to win the Cup. They have the worst odds. Two teams at 30-1. to That would be the Montreal Canadiens, the Flyers opponent in the first round, and the Columbus Blue Jackets who face the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. At 25-1, to three teams. The Canucks, Islanders, and Blackhawks. At 22 to 1 is the Calgary Flames. At 18 to 1 is the Dallas Stars. At 14 to 1 is both the Capitals and the Hurricanes. St. Louis Blues are at 12 to 1. The Boston Bruins, the best team in the regular season, now all the way down to the fifth best odds at 9 to 1. The Las Vegas Golden Knights and Tampa Bay Lightning are each 13 to 2. And the second best odds, according to Las Vegas right now, to win the cup are the Flyers at 11 to 2 and the Avalanche at number 1 at 5 to 1. Focus on the fact that the Flyers can go on a nice run in these Stanley Cup playoffs. And the fact that we've got hockey back. Speaking of hockey, and that it's back, I know this man that we're going to talk to right now is very happy. He is inside the bubble. Here's my conversation with Flyers General Manager and President Chuck Fletcher. Very happy to have join us once again on Flyers Daily, the General Manager and President of the Philadelphia Flyers, Chuck Fletcher. Chuck, how are you? I'm doing well, Jason. How are you doing? We're doing great, man. I'm here to report to you that the city's getting very excited about your team right now and how things kind of went through the round robin, the return to play. How's it been for you guys there? Are you enjoying the experience nine days in, I guess, now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been, uh, it's been great to be honest with you. I mean, it's, uh, you know, there, there are some limitations, so we're literally, you know, sort of con- consigned to certain areas and, and certain buildings and, and, uh, you don't have freedom of, of mobility, but, uh, you know, they've taken great care of us, a really nice hotel, great facilities. And I give our players credit. They've been very uh, business, uh, businesslike and, uh, getting their work in and they're focused. And, and, uh, so we, we have nothing to complain about at this point. As a guy who has scouted in this league as well as being a general manager, it makes uh, your scouting a little easier, doesn't it, just to go to the rink and all the games right there in front of you, coupled with the fact that you had multiple up to, you know, six games a day, three in, in your location. <laughs> yeah, it's been great. It's been a it's been a lot of fun scouting, and, and we have great seats. I mean, we're literally on the, uh, you know, in the, in the suite, in, in a suite kind of right in the middle of the ice and uh, much lower uh, in the building than we're we normally sit up you know, normally sitting up on the roof uh, in the press box so the vantage point is great you can hear the players communicating and so from a scouting standpoint it's it's been uh, it's been a tremendous and, and some really good hockey you know considering a four-month pause uh, you know the execution might be a little bit off in some cases but the effort has been incredible the emotion and, and the physicality and uh, it's been something to watch these guys go yeah, the eight days of uh, the play-in round in the round robins, what a way to bring the sport back. Chuck, have you seen anything that indicate that, that maybe it's younger players um, that are getting off to a better start after the pause as opposed to veteran players? Is there anything to support that? No, you know, not not really. I've noticed a couple of veteran players uh, on other teams that have, that have played really well. I think with the uh, – 
with the rest, including a couple, uh, uh, you know, from the team that we're going to face this week and, and Shea Weber and, and Carey Price, these guys have played very well. So I, I think it, you know, it's helped some of the older players. They, they get, uh, they get rest and, and, uh, they've come back refreshed and energized. There's been guys that, uh, you know, were, were, uh, beaten up maybe a little bit at the end of the year that are now healed up. And so I, I haven't really noticed the younger or older, but, uh, Again, I've been really impressed with with, with with the pace and 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 uh, the intensity of these games after after such a long pause. Uh, Chuck, one of the things and, and byproducts of this is that young players and rookies like Joel Faraby or or Phil Myers they they get this opportunity to get a second camp in and kind of refocus mentally, physically, and all those things. How big do you think that is for young guys like Joel Faraby who just scored a big goal the other night? Yeah, I think for both those guys, it's been great. Uh, it, it's a really long, like for, for Faraby, it was it, last regular season was the longest uh, regular season he'd, he'd been through. And, you know, it's, it's a grind. The NHL's tough and, and you get worn down after a while. And just to be able to recharge and reset and, and uh, come back, it almost feels like it's a different season. And, and oftentimes you see these young guys after their first season, they have a big summer and they come back uh, more polished and, and more confident hockey players. And I think you're seeing that with both Joel and, and with Phil Myers. And, and they're big contributors for you guys. Hey, Chuck, uh, your coaching staff, uh, headed up by Elaine Vigneault, Michelle Tarian, and uh, the great staff with Mike Yo and Ian LaPerriere, Kim Dillaball. Um, the amount of thought that went into how to handle this return from every element of training camp and the ramp up to the exhibition game, then the round robin games has been so impressive. Uh, just talk about the job that this coaching staff has done, not only this season where you were seven points better year to year with 13 less games, but in dealing with this very unique circumstance of pause and return? Yeah, well, there, there's no question. I mean, experience is everything. I mean, don't get, don't get me wrong. They're smart coaches. They're tactically uh, uh, excellent. Uh, they, they know how to coach, but just the experience. And, and uh, I think JV and, and Mike Yo and Mike Terry and Lappy, the, these guys have almost approached it like a, like a world championships where at the end of a regular season, Sometimes uh, the players have about a month off and then they gather over in Europe and play in those world championships and you have a few weeks to bring your group together. And I think they took a lot out of those lessons. AB coached, uh, you know, uh, Team Canada last year. Mike Yo's done that before. Tim Dillabo was a part of Team Canada. And, and uh, what, I, what I liked about it was uh, they had a, a real set plan for how we were going to uh, come back to play. We didn't overwork players early. Uh, we kind of built them up day after day to to avoid injuries and uh, kind of took advantage of the time that we had and recognized that we didn't have to get right back within a week and be in peak form. We had several weeks to do that. And, and I think it's really benefited the players and, and uh, we're prepared to play. Uh, there's a lot of history with uh, the Flyers organization and the Canadians. I don't think we're going to see the pregame brawl that we saw in 1987 at Scotiabank <laughs> Arena, but uh, you're a Montreal native. That's where you were born and raised. Uh, Elaine Vigneault obviously coached the Canadians, as did uh, Michelle Tarian as a head coach, uh, French Canadians, and a lot of history here against Montreal. That's got to be a bit of a thrill. Maybe you weren't expecting that opponent to get through and be your first-round opponent, but uh, it's, a, it's an interesting one with a lot of, a lot of history. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely some, some sidebars to, to this uh, to this matchup, and there's history between the franchises. There's some personal history, but some of uh, their players and some of our players and our staff. And but you know, at the at the end of it, uh, they're uh, they're a good hockey team, and they're a team that they can really skate. Uh, they have some big veteran defensemen that make it really hard to play against, and they have 
uh, Carey Price in goal, who, who certainly uh, can play at a very high level and has for his career and, and is probably uh, going to be a Hall of Famer when his career is over. So, you know, I think we're, we're focused on, on making sure we're ready to play the right way and, and we expect a really tough series. Yeah, one of the, the side stories and really cool elements of this is Hart versus Price. And uh, while they don't really play against each other, the goalie always wants to outdo the guy at the other end. And that's his boyhood idol. He got a chance to meet him the other day. And they're so similar in the way they uh, approach the game, aren't they, Chuck? Yeah, they're, they're you know, they're both uh, very um, unflappable. You, you see them, they both uh, handle adversity really well. Uh, you know, I mean, the one difference, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, Carter's a, a really good young goalie, and I think he's going to have a very good career. Uh, you know, Carey Price has kind of been there and done that. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's a great person to look up to, a great goaltender for Carter Hart to look up to. But, you know, Carey's, uh, Carey's done it, and we got a we got an awful lot of respect for him. And, and uh, you know, we're going to have to play, play hard and get bodies to the net and, and make sure we take advantage of whatever opportunities we get. What's the key to, uh, to, to kind of having success against Carey Price? Is it taking away his eyes, just disrupting him because he's so technically efficient and so unflappable? Is it, is it really just as simple, you know, maybe simple is better here where you get pucks to the net and really try and crowd his area? Yeah, I think when you, you look at the teams in the playoffs, uh, nearly every team has a, has a very good goalie. And uh, so I think it's, it's pretty much a similar strategy uh, once you get to the playoffs, you try to play as much as you can in the other team's end, and you just try to get pucks and bodies to the net, and whether it's Carey Price or Vasilevsky or Holtby. Yeah. And, you know, there's so many terrific goaltenders, and, and they're going to try to do the same thing to Carter Hart. So, you know, we just we want to really focus on, on how we play. And uh, I liked how we played for a lot of the round robin, not maybe not 60 minutes of every game, but, uh, you know, we did a good job of, of dictating the pace and, and pressuring the other team and if, if we can play that way uh, we should have the puck uh, you know more than the other team and when we're on our game that's what we do and, and, and that's going to be the key to our success is making sure we get to our game and, and have success doing it. Um, Chuck I know you're limited in what you can say in regards to injuries but I would be uh, I gotta ask um, a couple of guys number one uh, Nolan Patrick is he working out back uh, back in Winnipeg right now? Uh, yes he is yep he's been working out and uh, for a while and is feeling feeling very good. Okay, a lot of people are asking me about that, and I just wanted to get an update on that. Um, Michael Roffel got hurt in that first game of the round robin, and, and Jake was unavailable and unfit to play. Uh, is there any timetable that you can share, or is this just uh, the chalk unfit to play, and that, that's the NHL line right now? Yeah, they're they're both unfit to play. Uh, you know, I think uh, AV mentioned that uh, Jake would be a game time decision tomorrow, so that that's probably an accurate way of putting it. Uh, you know, if the game was today, uh, he wouldn't be able to play, but maybe, uh, maybe by Wednesday he can. So we'll, we'll see. It's just, uh, yeah, well, well, I guess we'll just leave it at that for now, but, but hopeful, hopefully we'll get uh, Jake back in the near future. Understood. Uh, how about Oscar Lindblom? I know that, uh, he was back in Sweden, uh, you know, practicing with his former, uh, Swedish team there. Uh, is he, is he en route? Is he in quarantine or what's his timetable right now to, to join the group? Yeah, no, he arrived on uh, on Friday, um, so he's in quarantine and and uh, and hanging out in the hotel and and uh, has to take uh, a test every day. And I think he's had four tests now. So there's just a, a protocol that the uh, the league uh, doctors, uh, you know, uh, you know, put him through to make sure that uh, you know he doesn't have COVID, obviously, and that he's that he's healthy. And 
So in the meantime, he's uh, a lot of room service and hmm. watching TV. We, we put a bike up in his room so he can, you know, uh, you know, do some exercises and stay fit. But uh, hopefully he'll be back on the ice in a few days and, and starting to, you know, rebuild his body and, and, and get reconditioned as a hockey player. It's going to, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to get his timing and his conditioning and all that back. But, but uh, we're excited to have him go through the process and, and uh, who knows, maybe, maybe we can even see him play again this year. What does his, just his presence mean to this group? Cause he's been an inspiration for this team. Uh, he's such a, a great young man and, and the battle that he went through with such dignity. What does that presence mean for the group? Well, it'll be tremendous once he gets out of quarantine. I know the guys will be excited to see him and, and uh, you know, excited to watch him practice and go to, go to the meals. I mean, we're all, we're, we're together all the time. So he's just, uh, you know, a real positive, energetic guy. He's fun to be around and, and uh, obviously his teammates care a lot about him. So I think it'll be great for them and I think it'll be great for him too. You know, to kind of, again, sort of restart his, he's restarting his life and, and uh, restarting his career and, and you know, I just think it'll be be great for everybody. Well, maybe a Peloton uh, commercial could be filmed while he's in quarantine with that bike up there. Um, Chuck, the NHL <laughs> <laughs> released a statement today that uh, the NHL completed its second week of phase four return to play testing, no positive results in over 7,245 tests administered. That's two weeks in a row, roughly 15,000 tests. Um, the NHL has uh, been looked at as uh, handling this situation very well. That's incredibly impressive when you look at that amount of testing going on uh, in two hub cities and to have no positive tests once again. Yeah, it's just a real credit to to the league, uh, you know, for putting the protocols in place. And, and you have to give the players a lot of credit, you know, when we had phase three training camp back in, back in Voorhees, you know, every team was in market and, and uh, you know, the players are going to their homes every night. And, and uh, you know, so the fact we were able to get into uh, – get into the hub cities here. Now we're two, two plus weeks into it and, and there's still no positive case. This really shows you how seriously the players have taken it and all the staff and, and a real credit again to the league. It's, it, it's quite a process here. You know, we have daily testing and daily temperature checks, daily symptom checks. Everyone's wearing masks. Everyone, you know, we have no interaction with anybody that's, that's not in the bubble. Uh, that's not getting tested every day. So it's a lot of work, a lot of cost, but uh, you know, hopefully we can continue to pull it off. Yeah, and well worth it for the chance at the Stanley Cup. Uh, Chuck, last thing for you. Will you be watching the NHL draft lottery this evening? That you're yeah, not involved yeah. in? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm, yeah, there's uh, – trying to think how many teams I'd actually like to uh, like to see win it. There's not, there's not a lot of them. I'm, Your I'm former team would in, be good. <laughs> yeah, Winnipeg, Nashville, those teams uh, certainly hoping uh, doesn't go to a to an Eastern team. But, hey, that's that's – that's life. It'll be what it'll be. And uh, certainly we'll watch it. And, and um, again, hope, hope uh, the number one pick goes West, but you know, we'll be, uh, we'll be focused on our, on ourselves and, and getting ready for Montreal. Well, it's a quick reset before uh, the actual field of 16 playoffs um, begin coming up on Wednesday for you guys. It's going to be a real exciting run. Chuck, last thing for you. Um, I, I know that uh, you sent um notes to significant others, families, and a flower basket of the players um, to thank the, the families and, and those close to them for the sacrifice that they're making as well because they're not home with their families. I just thought it was an incredible um, show of class in that what you did with that and, and to send that. And I know Elaine sent, um, you know, a letter to season ticket holders as well. That stuff means a lot. Yeah, you know, it's, look, this crazy times right now and 
Um, you know, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of people hurting economically, health-wise. You know, through these last four or five months, and we're real lucky that we can come here and and, and play and and try to win a Stanley Cup and participate in this. And, and people make sacrifices. Just, you know, Sean Couturier, I think, had one night home, uh, you know, with his daughter before he had to come into the bubble here. So his newborn daughter. So, I mean, a lot of people are making a lot of sacrifices to, to allow us to be here. You know, it, it's, it's, we're, we're truly a team, you know, it's not just the players and, and the staff, but it's, you know, it's our families as well that, that make all this happen. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can reward them with a with a strong run here and, and win some hockey games. Well, Coot should know that he's probably getting much better sleep there than he would be at home as a father of three. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no question. Uh, Chuck, I appreciate you doing this. Hey, best of luck in this round against Montreal. Uh, everybody back here is getting really excited in Philadelphia. Know you got the support of this fan base and enjoy this. And uh, uh, we'll be watching every game. You're giving you're giving everybody something a, a lot of fun and a great distraction from our crazy world right now. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem, Jason. Thank you. Special thanks to Chuck Fletcher for joining us uh, just outside the practice facilities. The Flyers were on the ice yesterday in preparations for their game coming up tomorrow night when they'll take on the Montreal Canadiens in round number one of the Stanley Cup playoffs at 8 o'clock on the Flyers broadcast network. That's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily, presented by Penn Medicine, the official health system of the Philadelphia Flyers and Wells Fargo Center. Supporting our Flyers, Penn Orthopedics creates the ideal care plan with treatment options fueled by our own world-renowned research, doing what once seemed impossible so you can too. Another reason why your life is worth Penn Medicine. Learn more at penmedicine.org slash ortho. If you have not left a rating and review for this podcast, please do so. I'm told it's important and it helps other Flyer fans find us as well. In the meantime, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll talk to you tomorrow on a game day and brand new episode of Flyer Daily. Come to decide that the things that I tried were in my life just to get high on. When I sit alone, come get a little known, but I need more than myself this time. Step from the road to the sea to the sky, and I do believe that we rely on. When I lay it on, come get to play it on.